welcome back to Yes X or No Audio. Hello everybody. It's just after midday. Well, half past twelve. Um, here on the Eastern Seaboard of Australia on the eighteenth, Thursday, the eighteenth of January, two thousand and twenty-four. And I thought what we could do is just have a quick rundown uh, at uh, what's going on in the Middle East, based upon the uh, update to the uh, interesting articles issue I just put out, particularly the section on. Uh, what the hell has just gone down. So if one recalls, there was the characterisation of the situation about a week back by uh, Alastair Cook, who was saying essentially what's going down here is a Mexican standoff because nobody wants to have the finger pointed at them for starting what is going to become an out-of-control um, conflagration in the Middle East, which could well spread even further than that. And that is the scary part. So... <clears throat> Ansar Allah were doing a targeted set of attacks on shipping which was connected with Israel, either its citizens or going to the place. So ships that were going to dock in um, Eilat or that were owned by Israelis or were connected with Israel in some way. Right? And <clears throat> there's been various, you know, the US is going around, ah, general commercial shipping, whatever, bullshit. You know, maybe they've got some of their attacks slightly wrong. It doesn't really matter in the end. I mean, it sort of does. And so you should, that's what courts are for. Look, go and sort that shit out. But the dominant part of what they were doing is a direct protest against the genocide. So that's what goes off. And then uh, the US puts together its, you know, cobbled coalition of two itself and, and, and vassal Britain. Uh, because everyone else sort of says, well, okay, we'll send a couple of guys over to, uh, you know, Mamara to hang out at, you know, a little holiday at the um, home base of the Fifth Fleet in Bahrain. But, mm, and we've got some ships there too, some of us, but we're not going to put them under your command. Oh, no, 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 no. We know where this is going. So the, the little coalition of two have decided, yep, we're just going to attack Yemen. Now, let's look at the narratives they've been running. So the first thing is they're trying to save commercial shipping, right? That's what they're saying. And then they're saying, that the other thing they've been saying is we're trying to prevent escalation. Okay, uh, right, yeah. And then they're also trying to, theoretically, encourage Israel to be more targeted in their genocide. Right? This is the sort of narrative crap they've been running. And what the hell has just happened? Well, Ansar Allah have responded to having Yemen, you know, bombed in about 100 different places, including, you know, airfields and civilian stuff and, you know, like international airports and the whole damn thing. And they've said, well... Fuck you, <laughs> as Richard Medhurst puts it. If you haven't seen um, Richard Medhurst before doing one of his shows, I highly recommend the one I linked. It's worth every single one of the 116 minutes. Like, check it out. Because I've given you a little background on him. He knows what the hell he's talking about. And he goes off <laughs> in this episode characterising him, and he's like, don't fuck with him. <laughs> he's so very serious. And, and his analysis dovetails with, he, he puts up an article by um, uh, US, sorry, UK, uh, War Correspondent, veteran one, learned a few, a few things. That dovetails with what Shamin uh, um, Nawani was saying, which was, you know, further escalated by being published by Badr Akuma. Everybody agrees. The Yemenis just do their own thing. Like, they, they, they everyone describes them as, in, in the Western media as Iran-backed. Yeah, okay, sort of. <laughs> but really, they're not terribly controllable. They just sort of do their own thing. But they do their own thing in their own area, right? They're not going to march around and, you know, invade other people. So it's fine, right? <laughs> so you just, like, they just, you just let them do their thing. So, uh, yeah, and um, Medhurst describes them 
<laughs> because he's comparing them to Hezbollah, right? Hezbollah led by Nasrallah, who's a brilliant tactician. Um, and things are complicated in Lebanon, especially because they've got a very complicated form of governance. And so there's a lot of political calculation that has to be made by you know by Hezbollah to keep things under control. And, and Nasrallah is very good at this. I mean, Scott Ritter respects him an awful lot for his understanding of escalation management, which is where all of these terms have come from. Anyway, back to the story. Looking at Yemen, as, as Medhurst puts it, different story, not many political calculations, very simple, just us. Okay, <laughs> baboon, let's go. You know, and uh, so he, he characterises the, um, the Yemeni response to, to propagation as, uh, fuck you, and fuck you again. <laughs> you want to mess with us? We're going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> and so that's who the, the US have attacked. And this is all very humorous in some senses to look at this, but what's about to go off is, like, there's no way the US can handle this. They, the IRGC's goods uh, force have just taken out two intelligence bases in Erbil, that's the Mossad and Kurdish intelligence installations, um, uh, the PMUs in Iraq are just going to keep hammering their US bases there, right? Uh, I don't know what the Syrian Arab Army is doing in Syria or the militia forces that they tolerate, but they're certainly going to be giving trouble to whatever US installations are still in the northeast and, and the um, southeast, in Al Tanf and, and whatever the place is in the north, where the oil and the, the wheat fields are. That, that, I mean, the US is about to get pressure from all damn sides. <laughs> they're going to feel a little bit like the Israelis, and there's trouble everywhere, right? So, yeah, and then there's Hezbollah, who've been, you know, being very careful of what, what they're doing. They've been blinding the, um, the IDF in the north, and they've essentially forced a, um, uh, a mass exodus of Israeli settlers from the north in, um, in the occupied territory of the Golan Heights. Like so, the U.S. has just absolutely not done everything that it's been saying it's going to do. The attacks on shipping have increased. Right? Um, uh, everything has been escalated against what they were saying they were going to do. Um, and essentially, that's very much as Caitlin Johnston put it. You know, they're basically running cover so that Israel can continue doing their uncontrolled genocide. That's what's going down. Apart from funding the military-industrial complex, of course. And if you really think about it. The U.S. doesn't give a shit about its own service people, right? It, it, this attack on Yemen just triggered the whole damn thing, and it has put every single one of the U.S.'s military personnel in the region in danger, and they should get them the puck out of there. And they won't because they don't give a rat's ass about their lives. Go and listen to good old Schmidley Butler, right? War is a racket, right? He understood this thing back in the 1920s. War is a racket, and that's what's happening. So, but there is something very dangerous. Look, the US and Israel are about to get their asses handed to them by the Arabs and the Muslims and the water. It's the, but there's a huge problem that could go down because of this, because 15% of the world's trade goes through the Red Sea, and uh, Hezbollah, sorry, um, uh, Ansar Allah are about to make that very, very expensive as the shipping insurers know, and therefore everybody's going to be going around the Cape of Good Hope, and that means everything gets more expensive for everyone, and that will cause an awful lot of trouble um, for the world economy. And that says nothing if it really blows up and Iran starts closing the Strait of Hormuz, right? If they kick off trouble with Iran, that's what happens, and then the world economy just melts because the price of oil goes through the roof. It's already going up, right? It's about to get a lot worse if the US is really as stupid as they look. That brings us to... 
the other article by Helmer, which is that he's criticising the Kremlin for sitting on the fence in the middle of the Red Sea, which is a cute, I like, a nice imagery. Good work, good work, Helmer. But there's a reason for this. Because, essentially, it comes down to... I'll get back to this in a moment. First of all, there's, a, there's another point, which is, was made by Patrick Lawrence a while back, and that is that each one of these missiles that the US is firing at the Yemenis <laughs> is costing $2 million. And he also quotes the statistics... Um, uh, that, that he's learned about how much it costs the Yemenis to make a drone, and it's $2,000. So that is to say that for every single missile that the US fires at the Yemenis, they can fire back 1,000 drones, right? One missile versus 1,000 drones. You work this shit out. It's not too hard to work out, right? So how the hell... Think about this for a bit. You know, look at a map. See where Yemen is, right? Its, it's borders are with basically Saudi Arabia to the north. They can't go anywhere through there because the Saudis really don't like them because, you know, Shia versus Sunni and all that sort of shit. So the, the, the sort of land borders, there's not a lot of trade happening on the land borders. So how does shit get to Yemen? By the water. Okay, so how is the US going to stop the Yemenis from building <laughs> thousands of drones? They have to stop the imports. So what are they going to be doing? They're going to be preventing international commercial shipping. Well done, US. Do you see how stupid they are? They believe this crap, and they can't think like one move ahead, let alone two or three. I mean, these people should learn how to play chess, really. Anyway, but the risk, to come back to what I was going for, the risk is this turns into World War Three. Now, obviously, nobody wants this. <laughs> and if the if the if Iran gets involved and they have to shut down the Strait of Hormuz, then that pretty much triggers World War Three because that will melt the world economy. This is major trouble. And so the criticism that Helmer was running about the Russia sitting on the fence um, in the Red Sea is he cites the um, Russian military assets and what's happened to them. They are running away. They are leaving the region. Why? So that they can't be attacked and therefore Russia being forced to respond because that's what creates World War Three. This is an incredible degree of caution that Russia is, is executing here. And I expect that they've... No, I don't expect. I'm, I'll put a lot of money that I don't have on the fact that they have spoken with China about this. What they're going to be doing is supporting... They're going to be using the two organisations, BRICS and the SCO, to facilitate the, the axis of resistance, essentially. So what's going to happen now is that China and Russia are going to provide uh, support services to the local actors who have a beef with the US and Israel for decades worth of bullshit. <laughs> and it's all kicking off right now because the US started it and they're going to be quietly providing services. So uh, the Russians will be providing diplomatic and potentially military intelligence and possibly military technology services and the Chinese will be providing money and diplomatic services and then we will see what happens in the Middle East and whose ass gets handed to them. And essentially, listen to Richard Medhurst and everybody else. We all know who's going to get their asses handed to them. This is not good. This means people are going to be killed, which creates tragedy and it creates cycles of violence. It's terrible. What should have been done is an intervention at the very beginning of this genocide by the US. If it wants to claim its role as being a world police, well, it should have got in there to Israel and said, listen here, you stop this right now, or you know where this is going to go, and we're not, having, we're not going to be your friends if you're going to do this to us. And Netanyahu has told me, said, this is your war too, you know, to, to Biden. Like, if you've got a friend like that, that's when you say, listen here, sunshine, piss off, right? Get off my porch, <laughs> get off my lawn. You just go back to your place, don't come to yourself, right? And then what happens? So this is the thing.
and you can analyse the reasons for this, but this is it's very simple, cut and dry. There's something I learnt from um, Lascaris. Look at what they say, read it straight up, and then you see it, right? So what do we learn? The US doesn't give a shit about its own armed services personnel, otherwise they wouldn't be there. Or they wouldn't have done this or both, right? Obviously, they're defending Israel's ability to commit genocide, so they're absolutely parties to the genocide that's going down, and they deserve to be taken in front of whichever court will bloody... You know, have them and have a go at the bastards. It's fucking genocide, right? It's very simple. It's very, very, very simple. And if they hang around in this region, then they are going to get their asses handed to them too, on top of Israel, which is not good, but this is what's going to happen. There are consequences for actions geopolitically. And these ideologues who run US foreign policy couldn't fucking rub two brain cells together. They really, as far as I can see, they just can't work anything out. Apart from give money to the military-industrial complex and and defend Israel forever. Uh, What what else is going on? I don't see anything else. Anyway, good luck to you. There's my analysis. It doesn't look good. Until next time. Mm -hmm.